21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. I consider myself an accidental entrepreneur. I started my company in New York City working for big corporations and big brands, Seventeen Magazine. I was part of the original group that developed the New York Times Digital. I loved working inside of companies. I was great in corporate environments. And then my life changed. I had two young boys. I was divorced. And I had to decide what I was going to do with my career that allowed me the flexibility to raise my children in a way I wanted to. So I was fortunate enough to have some angel investors for one year. They were my parents and said, can you be self-sufficient within one year? You've always exceeded our expectations. Can you do it here? Can you build a company? So I did not set out to be an entrepreneur, to be a CEO and scale a company. I have been focused on supporting my family and this was the best route. Miami was the outpost for a lot of American companies, Latin American divisions. I was not a fluent Spanish speaker, but I had had a very good job for four years working for the second largest financial institution headquartered in the state of Florida at the time. So I had good corporate experience in Miami and I had some connections. And so could I translate all of that work that I had done for these larger corporations in New York and Miami into an entrepreneurial venture? And what did that even look like? And you just have to start somewhere. So I did, and I was doing restaurant PR and I was doing social media strategy and execution for a large wedding planner there. So it is a very different skill set working inside a corporation, trying to grow in your role, your responsibility, learn the ropes, and then all of a sudden you're on your own. And guess what that means? It's sales. It's a lot of sales all the time while you're doing the work. So that I think is where a lot of people going into the entrepreneurial space when they're in an early stage startup, not only do you have to have a, a concept or an approach or a product, but you also have to figure out how to scale the business. And how to scale the business is one of your topics. Yes. One of your expertise, isn't it? Yes. Yes. So scaling in the beginning is really understanding how, who do you need in the right seats? What are the roles that you need to fill? And what are the accountabilities of each of those people? Secondly, how do you sell? Who are you going after? Who is your ideal client that you can fulfill with these people in the right seats, right? So mine as a service business, there's a seesaw that's operational versus sales. You have to bring on the clients. You have to bring the people in to service the clients. You can't bring the people in much earlier than you bring in the clients unless you have a, you've capitalized the business. We bootstrapped it. So it's that balancing bringing clients, bringing people on at the same time, and then creating process around that, right? So process is a big part of scaling a business. And my advice to entrepreneurs is really early stage is act like a big company, even though you're small and just growing right? Get your financial model in order. Use outside help if you need and understand your cash flow position and what resources you have to scale because you can, often can't scale 
without the funds. So that is a professional services firm with Wild Coffee. You know, we're doing outsourced marketing, outsourced marketing strategy for clients. When do we bring on the clients? When do we afford the people? What does our pricing structure look like? What is our cash flow position? And trying to scale it that way, all while building process and culture in a distributed model as a single mom. <laughs> so that part's always there. expert in uh, marketing but you also need to understand well financial order cash flow resource resourcing logistics i suppose what's what's your what's your business model how do you make money well it's my vision to transform the in-house marketing model today in a digital first environment it is really difficult for companies to have in-house marketing teams to cover all the skill sets necessary to grow so while coffee offers a fractional CMO model, right? Every company we believe needs a CMO, but they can't necessarily afford one. So we come in and do that strategy piece with CEOs and executive leadership teams. We put together plans and strategies, and then guess what? We have our own in-house creative agency and series of in-house marketers that you can use on a fractional basis to execute on those plans. We have many clients who actually do not have any in-house marketing folks, and they're upwards of $30 million a year in revenue. They outsource all of it to us. It's not only more effective from a cost model perspective, but you get all of the services you need under one house. You can't have them in-house. You hire four people, you still have seven more people that you need that you haven't covered those skill sets or those needs for a marketing team. So go ahead. So it's outsourced. And I think that is the key for a lot of areas of business, right? I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs outsource their CFO services and accounting and bookkeeping. They outsource their HR services. So we started a sister company called Wild Coffee HR. Same model. Everyone needs employee playbooks, recruiting needs, um, policies, and just general consulting. You don't have to have that team in-house. It's very easy to outsource your HR as it is marketing. And all of that is even better with new AI technology, I suppose. Yes. Well, AI is playing an interesting role in the business right now. We were recently at the International Franchise Association show and doing some roundtable work and hearing how people are using AI and people are using things like chat GPT. And at first, my, my team, I have a series of five, six content writers in-house at Wall Coffee, and they were threatened by it. And they were sort of confused at the role of chat GPT and the Jasper marketing overlay on it and said, are we going to lose our jobs? And I think absolutely not, first of all. And it helps people scale. And I believe that it has quadrupled their productivity to get baseline content developed. And then you add a lot of the nuance, you add client specific goals, but it really gives you that foundation to work with and that initial research and development phase. AI from a marketing automation standpoint and data gathering perspective is really helping us understand at an individual franchise location, which some of our clients are, 
who's walking through the door, what interests them on social media, and then to build audiences based on that. So it's not an, a one-to-one in that case, you know, going through privacy laws. It's really delivering relevant messages to relevant people that they would care about. And we're just getting such granularity with data that helps us be more effective for our clients and waste less money. And when you say we, what was the process from I solo mother to to we as 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 a team did you had any uh, specific daily routine is there sport involved special focusing techniques how did you cope with uh, day-to-day life in that transformation period Well, I think it helps me that I'm an extrovert and talking about business is a passion of mine. And so within my networks in Miami and my networks in New York, I told anyone who cared to listen that I've gone out on my own and I'm consulting. This is the type of work I'm doing. This is the type of work I've done. And I actually met someone in a coffee shop who was at University of Miami, who was my first employee as an intern. (laughs) So when you're talking and you're listening and you're putting yourself out there, the network responds. You have to tap into your network. And that includes too with, with your children's sports, with school, with any part of your life, trying to learn and explore is really to use that network that you have. Then I called my former boss and the person who hired me in Miami into my job I worked with for four years. And he said, I really want to do this too. So he left his work and his full-time job and we became business partners. And what's interesting about that partnership, we just celebrated five years of incorporation, is that we complement each other very, very well and we share the same values. And I think in business partnership, really knowing what your values are as an individual and as a company helps you align with the right partners, the right employees, and the right customers and clients. And we are very clear. We revisit our values every year as a team. We revisit them every quarter. We hire based on our values. We seek clients based on our values. And that alignment between our partnership our team that we're building and our client base keeps everything harmonious for us. You know what's important to us when you hire us as a group and that everyone in that group lives by those same values. Please, few examples of values and what was the process? Do you use a mind map or to do brainstorming? Sure. We, we definitely um, spent some time on it. Each of us brought to the table in a brainstorming session what we thought our top four values were. And then we discussed them and to really understand the why. And I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek's and he talks about the golden rule and why, you know, everyone knows what they do. Fewer people know why they do that. Right. And in our company, we all stay connected to the why the why is we allow these middle market companies and sometimes national, you know, we have some national brands on our roster, the ability to outsource their marketing for a lower cost structure. And we do what we say we're going to do, which is one of our biggest values, right? That integrity. When we say we're going to do something, when we have an agreement and a scope, or we make a commitment with a deadline, we will do it. We are also lifelong learners in this business and in the speed and the pace that everyone is moving forward in business now, if you are not learning all the time, then you're going to be left behind and you're doing your clients a disservice in a consulting role. Uh, Energy is everything to us. Uh, In this environment, you have to be able to pivot very quickly. 
Uh, our clients' needs are changing. Their businesses are changing. You can't go down one path and think that you can stay on that path. The ability to pivot is very important. And do you remember the time when we used to actually do one-year plans, three-year plans? We plan our business that way, revenue-wise, customers, employees, but it's really hard to do longer-term planning in this environment. So what's 90 days? What's 180 days? And let's pivot as we need. What was your daily routine? What was your mindset? What mindset you need to go through all of that and succeed? Well, I think belief in success is really important. It's intimidating to be a corporate-minded person and then being on my own and creating everything from scratch for the first time. So I had to believe I had to do it. In many ways, I didn't have a choice. Failure was not an option when I was supporting my children and wanted to have the flexibility to be able to be with them to do that. The, from a routine perspective, I believe that waking up very early is important. And it's something that I teach my teenage sons, which is antithetical to a teenage child's behavior. But as they go through life, I believe that getting up and reflecting and having some quiet solitude before the sun rises and then to move. I believe that our bodies are designed to move. I exercise every day at 530 in the morning. Um, I think it helps sort of flush out the day before in my brain. It opens up space for the day ahead. And I sit quite a bit now that we have Zoom and all of us or many of us are in front of cameras. I don't move as much as I used to. And I really believe that that's important. I also encourage with my team, because we're all sitting, to take clarity breaks during the day. Um, I don't believe that we create enough space in our minds to innovate and think because the speed and the pace of the information coming in via email, via chat, via requests, via meeting is so structured and so voluminous that taking time to walk, to sit, to think, and they will actually block it on their calendars too. I'm taking two hours to research and think, and that's our clients need that from us. Um, but I believe that starting that day with consistency and a routine and moving and sort of creating some space in your brain has allowed me to then take a breath and say, okay, these are the eight things that I have before 12 o'clock to do. I'm going to think until 1.30. I'm going to move again at two. Then I'm going to pick up my children, go to sports. And then I reserved some time in the evening as well. So I did a split schedule for quite some time so I could be there for them in the afternoons. So that contact with yourself equals authenticity, among other things. And if I understood you well, for you, authenticity and transparency in branding and marketing are important things, important topics. How do you help clients achieve this in their messaging? And what do you, do you think that authenticity is important per se? I think on authenticity with branding is more important than ever. COVID stripped a lot of the veneer back. COVID stripped the fanciful sort of inauthentic artifice away from brands. And people want to just know, is what you have and what you're saying something I can trust and write for me? So that is very important for us at the beginning of an engagement, working with a brand 
to really get to the heart and what we call the core message of who they are. And it's usually three to four words. Can you summarize a brand in three to four words? Um, and that for me gets at the very, very essence of what it is. Then you build on positioning on top of that. Then you build on opening paragraphs and elevator pitches. Then you build visual and verbal identity on top of it, right? But that core message, we have a client who does um, tax preparing and bookkeeping for franchises. And it's a crowded market right now. But the insights they deliver and the people that they have to translate what comes out of those financial reports is their secret sauce. So their core message is your financial sensei. So it's something that is boring, but not boring anymore. <laughs> Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, because most entrepreneurs don't expect that they're actually in accounting and HR when they start their own businesses, but that's what you are. Marketing is just one part of what I do and it's what I love, but I am also in HR. I am also running an accounting team with an outsourced CFO, bookkeeping teams with my business partner who does a lot of that. And then HR. We're hiring, we're training, we're developing right? That, so that's 75% of the journey. 25 is sort of my core capability and my zone of genius and what I've been very good at for a long time. But you have to be prepared to be very good at finance, accounting, HR, and sales. And I'm not sure that a lot of entrepreneurs anticipate that. Certainly I didn't. So in addition to preparing myself every day personally, um, one thing that we offer clients and what's really important to us is safety. So when someone engages us for six months, 12 months, and we're responsible for all of their strategy, who's delivering that strategy and how do we ensure it's consistent across the organization? And how are we creating an environment for clients and team members that delivers results, right? Any digital agency or a lot of firms, so much of what all of us do is commoditized. But how do you break through that and create sort of a system where people are delivering consistent results in an environment that's fulfilling for them? So we've actually created something we call flip the turtle culture. And I saw a video on YouTube of a turtle on its back underwater. And you see all of the other turtles coming and surrounding that turtle and flipping it over and making it right. And I saw that and I said, this absolutely epitomizes the way my team works together and how my team surrounds a client to flip the turtle. So when I went to present this to them in an offsite meeting, we had flown everyone in last summer and we're all together in a room. I went to play the video and the video didn't work. So what did the turtles do? They all ran to the front of the room, helped me fix the link, and they didn't even know what the video was about. They had no idea. So we were sort of seeing that culture in action and flip the turtle, we've written blogs about it, but you, I believe as leaders, you, not, you must see your team as whole people. You must create an environment for them that creates success. What does that mean? There's predictable process and systems and resources. And then the soft skills on top of that is kindness, compassion, promoting balance, promoting career development. Look at everyone on your team and say, first of all, how can I flip this turtle in their time of need? 
so that they can flip the clients in their time of need? And then how do I create an environment that helps them learn and grow and thrive so they can create great work so that I can create the best place for them to work and that, and have the skills that they can go anywhere, but that they don't want to. When we're asking te the team to take time to think, part of that thinking is going out and scanning the market. What are competitors doing? What is the latest in technology that would benefit my client? And one of those is using technology to actually build boats and allow customers to visualize what they would want in building a boat from scratch. So one of our clients is a national boat builder. And we went out and did a scan of the entire market, bringing these ideas to them so that we're transforming the way their customers are interacting with the brand, right? So to take that time to say, what is the journey of the customer of this particular client? How could technology address that? And how could I bring this to the client? And before they asked or set us out on this, how can we come to them with new ideas that help it enhance the brand and help enhance the customer's journey with that? So in a typical agency environment, you're given an assignment or an engagement, and we've tried to flip that on its head to say, we're an outsourced marketing team. So what does that mean? We, it means we're going to say everything we tell you we're going to do as part of this engagement, but we're also going to bring you innovation. We're going to bring you ideas. We're going to flip the turtle <laughs> when you're on your back and you need that, and we're gonna do whatever it takes. And it's the spirit of cooperation, innovation, thinking that helps in an emergency and also helps grow businesses with new ideas. I think taking that time and looking at your current customers and their journey with any brand, right? To say, how are they finding us? What kind of experience do they have when coming to our website? When calling our 800 number, right? When asking for more information. And that's a great place to start is to really look across that spectrum of client touch points and understand how you're addressing them. Are you giving them the information they need in the format when they want it? Um, is it easy to explore? Are you easy to reach or do they get sent into an IVR, you know, that they can't even figure out how to get in touch with a human if that's part of your business, but to really look at what a customer needs and how you're addressing that. And then what actually is the implementation of that? To find out more about Wild Coffee and our team and our clients, you can go to wildcoffeemarketing.com. And we're very active on LinkedIn as well, if you find us on um, LinkedIn under Wild Coffee Marketing. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Imagine a space where triumphs trials, and tales of entrepreneurship come alive. 
Welcome to the 21st Century Entrepreneurship Podcast, a gold awarded journey hosted by Martin Piskorik, connecting with listeners in 95 countries and ranking in the top 0.5% of all podcasts. Join our exclusive community, elevate your perspective, and embark on the path to success.